friends, welcome back to another double-stuffed episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who doesn't remember so well, Alex Dandino. <laughs> All right, before we begin today's scrumptious, that's not the right word as we get into it, today's sad as shit double feature uh, a little bit of business i don't know why scrumptious came to mind i think i'm just hungry it's like anywho guys it's official we are on patreon that's right patreon.com slash film alchemist pod the absolute best way to help the show the absolute best way to make the show what you want like our friend and patron mason so our friend mason tonight he programmed the double feature that we are covering today and damn, did he do a good job. Yeah, we wow. have a, a Patreon-exclusive library where our patrons have selected episodes or voted on episodes. Uh, you guys can help decide what double features you want to see in the future. Full-length commentaries, miniseries, we're working on all kinds of great stuff over there. Uh, any and all support is greatly appreciated, guys. As little as a dollar a month you can get in and help the show out. We appreciate all uh, of the support that we already we get from you, you guys. And we want to send an extra thank you for anyone who's about to help. You're the best. Well, again, that's patreon.com slash film alchemist pod. All right. The YouTube film alchemist. Make sure to subscribe. You can see our faces. We look like cartoons, but we ain't. You can email the show <laughs> film alchemist pod at gmail.com. You can find us at all the socials you're on. We're easy to get a hold of. We love to hear from you and something easy, free, fast, cheap you can do that really helps us out. Leave those five-star rating and reviews wherever the hell and everywhere you find uh, the pod. Helps us defeat the algorithmic uh, memory blocks to be trying to keep us from getting into your brain waves. Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to get this yeah, peppy-ass energy sure up. I'm not sure you're going to find it the... for this, but I appreciate you. Yeah, I'm trying to bring the energy up, right? I'm trying to come in full, like, Macho Man, Ultimate yeah. Warrior energy kind of thing. Well, Ultimate Warrior uh, ring entrance, not Ultimate Warrior later in life, <laughs> and everything he said, that was very bad. Um, but I'm trying to bring some energy. But Mason programmed a double feature. Now, this was fun, man. Two movies that I have never seen, um, both of which are wildly fucking depressing one of them <laughs> wants you to sit and uh be gobsmacked by the depression you will feel the other one tries to put a little um optimistic the human spirit will persevere stank on it which i did appreciate so mason's double feature i'm not sure what i would name it except for damn i'm happy i don't have it that bad double feature yeah. i guess i don't it makes you, I feel like, especially as Americans, we do a lot of this, like, you know, doom is, like, woe is us, you know, doom everywhere, the planet is falling around upon us, and then you right. watch movies, and you're like, Jesus Christ, guys, like, we can do better, like, our problems are movies. very easily fixed if we'd all just stop being cocks to each other. Yeah. Um, the, the problems that we will see in today's double feature, Waltz with Bashir and The Breadwinner, so this episode is going to cover Waltz with Bashir. Um, but yeah, th this is a, it's kind of an eye-opening thing, right? What, what you're watching. I think especially as Americans, we get this real isolationist headset or headspace, right? Where we look at everything from the American first point of view, right? And even when we're having a bad day and the news is bad, 
most of the time you can go, you know, walk about your normal life, you know, do these kind of things that feel normal. Yeah. And then I think we forget that there are places in the world sometimes where all of these things we see on the news, this footage and the bombs and the explosions, that's someone's home. That's where someone else lives. And I think sometimes it's hard for us to put ourselves in other people's. That's just a human thing, period. Um, but I think especially for me, I find it hard to sometimes look at those things and really stop and be willing to put my mind into contemplating that. So today's movie, Waltz with Bashir, is essentially the story of this guy who was a soldier. Um, the director. And he was a soldier, yeah, in this this uh, slaughter, right? Essentially this, this military slaughter of these people um, right. in this tent settlement, right? And so, but what, what we realize, what we start, right? It's essentially two guys having a drink. And the one guy starts talking about this dream he has, right? These these zombie-looking dogs, right? They're hunting. They're they're running through the street, right? The opening of the movie, it's this really kind of unique animation style, right? And it's just these dogs, these zombie dogs just pounding through the streets. People getting out of the way. They stop and they look up at a window. Here's this fucker up in the window, right? They're looking at him, growling, barking like they want to fucking rip his throat out. We cut to a bar. Which I already thought was a cool device of the movie, right? It's like a dream inside of a, a cartoon dream inside of a cartoon world. So there's so many layers of candy between us and whatever the fuck's happening, right? But he says, right, why 27 dogs? He was in the military. They would go into towns. The dogs would give them away. His job was he was the guy who liquidated, I believe his phrase, is the dogs. I remember every dog. Our humble narrator comes to the realization he can't remember a lot of the things that he did when he was in the service. So it's, it's this really fascinating framing of this fucking, you know, I think war is something that we all struggle with. It's such a huge, insane fucking concept. Why do we still do this? How do people recover from these things? What, how far will people go? Um, down these these fucking dark paths. And that that's what this movie's dealing with. So, Alex, why don't you start me off with your opening thoughts on Waltz with Bashir? Yeah, I um, I actually... So, I saw this movie the year it came out. I had a, a wonderful film professor in college, uh, Neil Kendricks. He was my screenwriting professor who... Uh, he was also... Like, he wrote for the... He wrote for the San Diego paper. He did a lot of, like, interviews. He, like... We got a really interesting like year of screenwriting class where he would literally like let us listen to interviews he did with like Tarantino and Paul Thomas Anderson. The other advantage was because he was, you know, like juiced in with the local film community, he got a lot of uh early screeners and stuff. So I think we saw this pretty much around the time it came out in Cannes, which was cool. Um it was beautiful. Like I remember watching this in Phil I remember watching this in class and just being fucking gobsmacked by not just like the story itself. So like again, my geopolitical brain isn't very good. I just know that it's based <laughs> Let, on let's preface up front. Yeah, yeah. Like me let, me nor Alex are not scholarly in geopolitics. Yeah. So That's not really what anything we're be I doing say tonight. about the <laughs> historical context of this movie is based purely on the fact that I read it online on like yeah. the wikipedia or the yeah. imdb page like we are those, talking narratively cinematically about these films we are not those smart are enough the to dig only into things this i know stuff. about so what Fair. i know is so uh ari fullman who is the director mm -hmm. 
This is something I don't know if we did. You, I don't know if you said this very specifically. By the way, this is a documentary. Like this is like yes. kind of this is the gobsmackingly amazing thing about this. This is a documentary. It's fully mm-hmm. animated except for the very end, which we'll get to. But mm-hmm. fully animated documentary. Ari Fullman took four years to make this movie, where basically he, other than two people in this movie who asked to not be, um, who were okay with being animated, but did not want their voice on camera. So basically, at two actors listened to their recording and did uh, their voiceover for them. Mm-hmm. Other than that, all of these are, other than that, all of the, all of these are authentic. Um, interviews which is really fascinating really an interesting way to do this um but again it it all takes place basically his experience as a soldier during and again i don't i didn't even know this was a thing and this is like the beauty of being like kind of an ignorant american in a lot of ways (laughs) this all takes place during the (laughs) during the 1982 lebanon war didn't know there was a war in 1982 grand i wasn't alive then but like again this just goes back to what we were saying our geopolitics are we are not yeah. that we are not that show guys um having said all that to me what's really fascinating about waltz with bashir and i don't think i noticed that the first time i watched it i was so just like overtaken by the filmmaking prowess of this because to make in 2008 to make flash animation seem original because like we had we were so i mean for those of us who grew up with adult swim like flash animation was pretty much the chosen cheapy way that a lot of like our favorite cartoons and shit adult cartoons particularly were made those first couple of seasons like frisky dingo venture brothers c lab 2021 like flash animation was a very popular way to do it it feels so polished in waltz with bashir and i think that also has a lot to do with just the art in general which is so comic book based like heavily comic book like saturated almost and it's beautiful beautiful work but yeah, it's it's this strange kind of mix, right? Because one of the things I found really fascinating about the animation, right, is because obviously what it does is it gives us a a layer of surrealism and protection, right? A safety blanket against hard truth. Right. But what I found really interesting is the way, and it starts kind of melding more and more by the end. But the way at the start, right, when we're in a bar and they're taking shots, it feels more real. Yeah than when we jump to a scene from the war, right? And the way the animation is used to so... That's what I was saying. It it moves at the nimble pace of a dream, Mm -hmm. right? So the scenes in the war, there'll just be something, you know, like they're sitting there on the beach, right? When they take the beach and they're fucking throwing rocks at things and uh, partying on the beach, right? And then he's like, hey, go hunt terrorists. And, you know, it's just like a head down, head up, boom. Now we're in an orchard in military gear. So... The whole movie is this examination of, right? They talk about this, his buddy, right? The the buddy who has the kid playing in the background. He talks about this idea, right? This experiment they did where these people would doctor photos at a fair, right? Like Mm -hmm. a fucking big time or a big tent, right? Right. Uh, A fucking Pennywise, whatever, you know, hot dog guy. And they'd put the person (laughs) in there. And he said 80% of people would just, oh, yeah, I remember that day. It was a great day. Right. They would fill the void, right? And as he as he describes it, uh, memory is dynamic and alive. And that's how I thought of these, because they're yeah. not recreate. They are recreations, but yeah. in a more dynamic and alive they're way. They're recreations in the way that, like, your memory would work. I think this is, like, a really fast, like, this is so, watching it the first time, I was, obviously, I was talking about, like, being just 
enamored with the like the filmmaking itself mm-hmm. this time watching it and again this is why this movie actually should be watched more than once i i rarely like a lot of the movies we talk about on this pod i'm like yeah you don't need to see it more than once uh <laughs> i like watching movies more than once that's my thing but you know um this one though requires two viewing simply because once you're past like the actual filmmaking and focus more on the story while the movie has its geopolitical landscape, the movie really is about PTSD and what having to be involved in such horrific things can do to a person, like what it actually does to you as a human being. And that that's really where the story like lives. And I think that was the thing that I really latched onto this time watching it is how, and again, I was in college the last time I saw this. So like my concept was so far beyond like like the selfishness that I that I had back in college. Watching it today, you're like, you just have no and this is a great Griffey describes it perfectly. This is why it's so hard. Like watching these movies is literally like, man, as shitty as America is, good God, we have never had to go through any of this shit. Like it's it's, it's something when you're watching it and you hear your kids playing in the background, right? I'm sitting on a couch. I have my dog next to me. And you're just like, I, I think it's such a thing, right? That I I can't imagine what it's like to go to bed, wake up, and your, your home is an active war zone. There's that right. one scene that was stunning, right? The, the titular waltz with the bashir propaganda porn in the background right (laughs) right right and they 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 have this moment where they're all sitting there taking cover right sniper fire rockets whatever it's coming from these tall buildings right as they enter beirut right they're all pinned down and he talks about how there's just this reporter strolling through but the the thing about it was not even the reporter it was all the people who just came out on their balcony and are just smoking and watching it like it's a show yes imagine good lord if i go out to my porch to have my cigarette and i'm like oh there's the soldiers fighting and there's just fucking bullets erupting here and that is just and that's That's just life i'm of syrian descent right so right right a lot of my my family has dealt with a lot of the terrible things going on there I'll never forget we were at a family gathering. I was like, so how's it been going? Well, they're like, well, not good. Uh, you know, Amo got taken again by the Taliban. They kidnapped this dude like three times. He's a dentist. They keep kidnapping him, offering for asking for like a million bucks. And like, we don't have it. They'll take whatever. Bring him back. And they're like, we got to go. And he's like, no, fuck that. That's my house. And they just keep coming back and getting him. Um, my, my mom's cousin had her, they had just built a flat, right? Where like, they were all going to live together and right. it got hit by a rocket Wow! right before they moved in. Thank God. So a lot of my family's just had to disperse. Right. And it's talking to them. You're like, Jesus Christ, I'm sitting here like sharing a sandwich with these people I'm related to. And I still right. can't even barely put my head in that. Yeah. And that, that's the kind of, cause there's a lot of this surreal dream, like, right. Like the guy who's in the ocean mm-hmm. and he's oh, swimming yeah. and there's lights and mad. But the moments that really get me right are the the very still moments. So when all of a sudden they're like, you got to transport the dead bodies to the light. These guys are just in a tank with all of these dead bodies at the floor. And I mean, it's just a cartoon image and it's not a particularly vivid or realistic image. Right. Nothing that I can relate to on a contextual level, but somehow they it feels so fucking grounded and meaty in this moment and it's just these guys are just shooting they do this great effect where they're all just shooting these turret guns mm-hmm. 
at nothing, just yeah. into the black. And they're like, well, we might as well, just in case. And then every now and again, one guy will look down and just watch the bodies kind of lifelessly swaying as the tank drives to drop them off at a helicopter. Right, right. Uh, or like when that they're like, you know, oh, we made we got onto the beach, right? He thought he was on the love boat, right? The fucking love boat and the giant lady picks him up and puts her to his teeth and like he's swimming <laughs> yeah. on her, right? Like a yeah. raft. And you're like, all right, are we doing like a fantastic planet? Oh, no. Poof, explosion. Ah, we got to the beach. A car rolled up. And he has that line, right? The um, I recognize that uh, that that terrible silence of death, right? Mm -hmm. And this guy is first moment at the beach, right? He get blows up on a boat, gets to the beach, and they just mow down a family. Yeah. And I think those moments where this movie finds this really still moment, it cuts through the the kind of very flat two dimensional cartoonishness of it. Mm -hmm. And it puts you right in these fucking horrifying and, and visceral headspaces, right? I think that's kind of the beautiful trick of the movie is lulling you in, making you feel safe because there's two or three layers of candy protecting you from the fucking absolutely rotten core totally. of what's happening in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's what makes that's what makes Ari Fullman's choice to animate this so compelling. Is, well, hit me up with that. Why Why the animation to you? I mean, that's what I was getting at. Like, to me, Ari Fullman animates this because the real, this is the thing. We watch the news all the fucking time. Like, we see a lot of horrible things on the news. I mean, besides, like, you know, let's say in this country particularly, like, watching, like, footage from 9-11, watching footage from the London bus explosions. I remember seeing that in... I've never seen carnage like that in real life. So yeah. to put the veneer over it, to put the veneer of this like animation, it's not like particularly thrilling animation either. It's not like it's expertly done. It, it's, I would put it, it's a, it's a mood, it's mood animation. And it's not because it's flash. It's specifically drawn like a comic book, like a moving book. And that to me is what makes things so much more because this is the thing about the the stillness you're talking about because I agree it's really that's that's absolutely where this like documentary like lives. That's where it really like becomes a like an incredible story to tell, not just a documentary, but like this incredible story. Where it becomes the most compelling to me is because comics have that way of like have that stillness. Comics move with your brain. Like you read those books. This is the first time I've ever watched something like that's a, that moves the way my brain moves when I'm reading a comic book, like in the middle of the piping in between this, in between the, the panels I'm thinking about it and watching the book move as that goes, this does the same thing. And this like quiet stillness of not over like, yeah, there's action of course in this film because there's a lot, there's a lot of war documentary uh, acuity to it, but like there's something so, visceral about you see animation you see someone's representation this is the same reason that like mouse works really effectively as a book you see someone's visual representation of something that happened the then you imagine holy shit wait this, this actually happened to somebody there are pieces of this that actually occurred to somebody the thought and the work you do as a person to listen to like think about those things is so much worse and so much more visceral than anything they could put on screen short of like live footage. But even then they're doing the thing that we always hope for, like 
rather than showing rather than or the thing we always hope for when we're watching stuff that's going to get us that's going to make us feel something is it is not about oh how scary can i make this it's like horror films horror films like that we love don't always show us everything we were talking about this a couple weeks yeah. ago with a movie we watched if we don't see everything our brains make up the rest of it. And that is so much worse than having to see what's going on. And yeah. that to me is what makes Waltz with Bashir so compelling is like, I see what's going on, but it's also animated. The veneer of animation gives that same facade of like, Holy shit. What did it really look like? Like that is like, that is always the thing that yeah. I think about when I'm watching this. Well, I, I think by the end, right. You're like, there, there is no more. Our horror movie theory works because it's a fictional tale, right? Yeah, that, yeah. that last minute of the film. Oh yeah. You're like that. That's the just last like minute of the movie. You're like the worst. Most. Okay. Now we're not talking about fictional like story device. Not even close. This is just like a. It's we're gonna hold foot, your real fucking footage. face to a reality, right? What What I think is fun about the style. I mean, if fun is the right word for anything. I was just about to say fun's the one you're going to go with, huh? It's, it's the way it reminds me. I recently just rewatched this movie with my son, right? Um, adventures in slumber land, land mm -hmm. right? Little Nemo. Yeah, yeah. It was a big love of mine as a kid. And it's just this guy floating around on his bed in his jam. He's like doing fucking magical, uh, sleep world shit. Right. And that's kind of what this movie does, right? Is they, they have these moments where you're, you're jumping at the speed of thought, right? is these people are recanting. And again, I, I think it reminds me a lot of how actual memory works, right? I was watching that Pennywise documentary, and Stephen King talked about how little so many of us have from our childhoods. Right. That just naturally the memory goes, but those big things we have, we, we fucking craft into these giant monuments, right? And we add all this extra stuff around, right? We are writing our own versions anyways. Right. And the movie's constantly asking us is, how much of this is real and how much of this are people remembering or because, you know, at one point, Ari is just, you know, the 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 memory of the massacre is not in my system. Right. Like it's a computer file that's missing. Right. And so when you're watching the animation and it moves around, right again, like I said, the hey, uniform immediately we're in another place. We're in another thing. And it's not jarring. because It's animated. Right. Right. You can move you. You accept these these kind of broken laws of time and location, whatever. And this kid shoots a rocket at him. Right. And then all of a sudden they shoot back. And this is where I think the stillness draws extra impact. Because as they look at that kid, like it was just a kid with the rocket and uh, patchouli black belts. Like I saw him. I, I saw the kid. Right. And I fucking we all fired on him. And then they cut to this shot of just this bloody mess of a kid who, you know, God only knows what led the kid to that orchard in that moment. And, you know, again, I, I don't know about that shit. I just know the idea of a kid having to even be in that spot or make that choice is fucking horrifying. And the idea of probably taking the shot at him is probably equally horrifying. But what happens is when that moment, right, when that kid's laying there, the movie stops and slows down yeah. and makes us see that. So even though there is this candy coating because it's hard to watch an entire movie that's that last minute of the film. Right. We still are getting the information, the emotional um, trauma of that moment. Mm -hmm. And also when it slows down, it, it reminds you, the slower the scene gets, the more you know that's the thing that is real, that they're rewriting yeah. the rest out. That is the image that is haunted and locked in these guys' brains that they'll never escape. 
The rest of it, the free flowing, you know, fucking rock and roll high school beach moment. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably played with a bit, right? Sure. That I mean, moment feels exactly like what happened. Right. Well, I mean, that's another thing that makes the animation so compelling is, you know, like you think about the way we remember things and they always it's it's a play on memory to me. And that that mm-hmm. was another thing I really liked about this when I first saw it, which was I I do like the play on that memory. Like because I agree, I think when things slow down, when things are very, when you see very specific pointed moments, like there's a lot of like close-ups particularly, I think, in this one play a big yeah. part in that. That's where, yeah, like that's probably a very specific image burned in your brain. That's an image that, how, and again, like I don't know if you'd have this. I have recurring dreams. So it's one of those things where like oh, yeah. I do have things that are very like, those images are very clear when I wake up in the morning. So I think again the whole movie is this play on memory and what it is that we remember and like what it is that it's not even selective memory but what it is is our interpretation of that memory like yeah and i think that's like that's and that's really kind of like what ends up happening with ari's character in the whole movie like especially towards the end like where he starts actually analyzing why it is that he has these huge gaps in his memory yeah well like i i'm a you know go to the bar shoot the shit storyteller guy right sure Every story that someone hears me tell at this point in the life, I, I've fucking been churching up, right? It's in the old writer's room upstairs, yeah, and yeah. I'm like, change this, upgrade that a little, you know? It's just who we are. It's the nature of yeah. what we do. And what being actually inside of these guys' minds, right? You, you of course, are going to see that. Why are they speeding up some parts and slowing down others, right? right. Like, and this movie also plays a lot with these these kind of because they don't do a great job all the time, and I think this is on purpose of really capturing the the human essence outside of the soldiers, right? But what I think we see, right, the scene that, like, really stuck with me. And again, I don't think they're trying to put, like, a human face. Like, the movie we'll talk about, Breadwinner, it's really important to get inside of the other headspaces, right? I think what the movie's telling us, too, is how easily we're able to dehumanize others and yes. fall in line and how there's this group memory thing, right? So even the waltz with Bashir scene, right? As he's doing this bullet ballet. Yeah. They talk about how there's this porn of this commandant plastered everywhere, right? And the guy's like, I was almost erotic for him, right? Like sending these guys to die in that image. Like, I got to do this. I got to do this. And you're like, you notice he's never in any of these memories. He's not on the fucking front line. He's just a fucking poster. Right. But how easily we can fall into these. And I thought the scene when they talked about um, the dissociative events moment, right? Where the doctor's like, we all have these things. It's like looking through a broken camera, right? And he talks about the photographer. And he comes upon this, this stable. And he sees all of these just fucking maimed and injured arabian horses right kind of it's fucking brutal to watch right they're just kind of limping around yeah yeah cool. um the Man. teenagers from thoroughbreds are just fucking getting moist they're like yeah <laughs> uh sorry Jesus some levity for fuck's Christ. sake but <laughs> anywho you see all these fucking broken horses right and there's a line that just fucking like smacks you in the face when he he said he couldn't understand this moment right he'd been taking images of all these other fucking acts of war these fucking heinous crimes against each other, right? The the spirit of mankind. Yeah. But somehow seeing the horses suffer, and he just goes, I couldn't understand what they had done to deserve this suffering. And how sometimes, and this is the mouse thing and this and that, 
sometimes because that's a horse, right? It's a blank slate that we pour into and anthropomorphize to our own fantasies, right? Sure. We can sympathize so much easier than at the end, it feels exactly like we're just looking at a bunch of faceless old men and faceless children who are also forcing you to ask, what the fuck did they do to deserve this fucking tragedy? Right. And I think, again, that the guy's looking at it through a camera, so he has a built-in reason to protect himself. Right. And I think a lot of this movie, through the animation and the style, is is giving us all of these guards, but also forcing us to address, hey, man, we recognize the animation and how it's hard to watch a little girl whose hand is sticking out of rubble and her face is dead Yeah, and see that as a cartoon. It feels not enough. It feels disrespectful almost right and so by the end of the movie we're almost fighting against the animation until it drops and then we're like yeah. dear god please bring it back you know what I mean? so it's, it's this really well, interesting what images do in in techniques yeah. do we all use to rewrite our life to make it absolutely better in our own mind i mean that's exactly what i think that i feel I, this time watching it that feels exactly the point of the movie like less about Obviously, it's a documentary, so it's about what happened and that kind of thing. But it does feel like it's about not necessarily rewriting history, but rewriting your, but practically writing what it is that you feel like. What yeah, it is I that you we're rewriting every moment of every second of every day. Of course, right? I mean this yeah. show gets edited down. Like you know, we we edit ourselves constantly. <laughs> not us, just this fucking straight dick. But that's like that's what this movie does is address this the sort of like un it's not unnatural but the sort of no it's very natural actually <laughs> this natural editing we all do to ourselves like mm -hmm. there's stuff that there's traumatic things that we all block out that we all decide like i'm going to choose to imagine that a different way altogether and i yeah. think that's what makes that's what makes this movie so uh intense and then the animation again like it is this like really beautiful veneer but i, I like what you said though like it is like it is like the sugar coating that when we get to the end and we have this minute of real footage you're like oh my god can we please bring this shit back like please it's so fucking horrifying it is man. like and i think yeah. that's i think that's the thing about the ending that is so that's that's probably it's that's what makes it so impactful. Not because like we haven't seen real footage, but really because like it comes on so quickly. And it's after this really cool yeah. shot where like it's like zooming through and also like just the wailing, like the cries and all that shit. Oh my god. Like that was I was like that was actually the point where I was like I feel really good right now about this being animated because I don't think that that was what caught me by surprise. I remember I had to totally forgotten the ending to this. And yeah. it caught me by surprise. I'm like, I can feel okay because, like, this part probably, this has got to be, like, because I thought that, because I'm like, this has to be, like, oh, he found, like, footage and he's just layering the audio over the back. Like, that makes sense. Like, that's mm -hmm. what they do throughout all this when things are blowing up and that kind of stuff. And then when it is, like, oh, my God, it's real. Oh, my God, this is, like, a minute yeah. of real footage and, like, raw, yeah. like, death and misery. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. This whole thing, I, I, this is like, wait, oh, by that time in the movie, this is like an hour, it's an hour and a half long, and by that time in the movie, you're still almost questioning, like, what is real about this? Like, there is something yeah. that's so, like, 
not just because we're not Lebanese, not just because we're yeah. not uh, um, Palestinians or Lebanese. Like it's because it's so because it's animated because there is this just like wall up when things become yeah. real again, you're like, Oh my God, I had no idea. It's almost like, it's almost like you haven't been watching a documentary. You completely forget you're watching yeah. a documentary. You're like Jesus Christ, it's well, real. Also the whole movie's asking us to be like, did it happen? Didn't like the fact that you totally just forget something. Absolutely. Like this, right. And so, yeah, it comes at this moment, right? We're now we're just getting fucking plastered with bullshit. Right. Um, the tank guy is like, well, it seemed okay to me, right? Listening to him justify. And you're like, well, can I follow that train of thought? All right. And he's like, well, I reported it. Where are they, right? Oh, they're up on the tallest building. Definitely tall enough to see everything, right? Right. And he's calling in the the attack, and they're like, you know, hey, don't worry about it. Have a happy new year, whatever. That scene is fucking crazy, too. Um, just this, you know, human beings being loaded into vans with a cross on it right getting crosses cut into their chest um just these these fucking strange even the settlement themselves right it's all these strange images of the military and authority and government and religion um just kind of colliding and what we watch are when they start lining up the old people and the kids and we hear gunshots and this and that all of those fucking images fall away. It doesn't matter. There, there is no more Christianity to hide behind, no, right? There's nothing. no more government or, or military, or I was doing my job, right? Like, that was one of the crazy things. They talk about how Ari might be blocking this because he inadvertently became a oh, Nazi no. himself. Well, that's, right? like, what... That's, like, his, like, thesis by the end is that he's blocking this out because of this, like, immense guilt he feels for being... Even, his even, parents were in Auschwitz. Yeah. And now he is a part of a similar even if he wasn't kind of event, like even if he wasn't, uh, I think he they said he was part of the like second or third ring, like whatever group he was, like even if he wasn't part of yeah. the people who directly killed these people, the immense guilt he feels for being even associated with it yeah. on that side. And yeah, like, well, also, we have to wonder if that's even true. Because I mean, that final shot, right, is those women are screaming and wailing, right? They're like, go back in. And this one guy's like, well, I'm going to go back in and, and witness, right? Yeah, yeah. Which I think is a very powerful moment. Some guy realized, I have made one of the greatest errors a person could make, and I have to suffer, right? Right. And so these women screaming is just a fucking scream into the void. It could be the on the most true moment in the entire film is them just helplessly wailing into the void in pain and agony. Totally. That's real. You can't hide that behind animation. You Not can't hide that behind no, that's symbols. The, that, that's where you know things. Like, it, it just yeah. brings you right back down to Earth. Like that's yeah. the And as we fly into Bashir's face, right, and he is hit by this wall of sound, that's when the animation drops off and we see the real yeah. shit. And that, that one image of that one child in rubble, huh. you can do all the documentaries you want. You show me that. And all I know, all other government, politics, religion aside, yep, someone has fucked up as a human being. We have fucking failed as a species when that is the result. Yeah. And I think that's kind of the 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 wonderful unpacking of all of this, right? Because at the end, we don't know. Ari might have been one of the guys pulling the trigger. We have no fucking idea, no, no. and I'm not here throwing accusations. No, not I'm just at all. Saying but the I mean, nature like, of how this all works. It's the na yeah, it's the nature of this like the gap in your memory. Like you're trying yeah. to justify to yourself what it is that you did and why you feel so guilty. So even if he's not part of it, 
he's still part of it. Like, again, it's like yeah. we, we're just following orders. It's like. And I don't think he's trying to absolve himself. No, I, no. I think like I think part of the experiment is be careful how you rewrite a, these things. Right. I mean, I think what's fascinating is this is a kind of documentary where you absolutely could do that. Like you and mm-hmm. like most most arrogant filmmakers might take the opportunity to try to like to find a way to absolve themselves. Like I think for Ari Fullman to lay it bare like this and to address, like, I can't remember things because I feel so guilty because it's possible that I, it's, it's not just possible. It's probable that I'm a part of this, that like, that's the level. He fired his gun. How, who knows how many times, right? If not those people, it could have been, could have been anybody else. else. Like there's a level of honesty that comes with this movie that is so unshakable. And so like, and so counter to the like counter to what's happening on screen Mm -hmm. so that when like, and again, I love that shot, that last shot of animation where it just zooms through the crowd and yeah, like the women wailing and crying. Like that was honestly like, I was like, this feels very real. Like this, this part more than anything in the whole documentary, this Mm -hmm. part starts feeling more and more real. And then, yeah, like you said, once we cut to the real life, you're like, wow like yeah it's just such a it's such a shock drop and you're like jesus christ i've been in like a day it feels like you've been in a daze for like an hour and a half and you're like yeah oh my god hiding behind words and excuses and images and institutions and again you pull it back and you hear a lady crying and you cut to a child beneath rubble and you're like, because that's the other thing. I read a little bit online that there's a little controversy, yeah, right? And definitely. People are like, well, it's very one-sided, right? They're not telling it right. both well, ways. The, the whole thing right, was not, banned in Beirut, yeah, I think, like that. Not, not, I'm not nearly scholarly enough on any of these events to tell you one way or the other. Right. Same. Again, I come back to that image is an impossible to deny truth. Massive amounts of failures by massive amounts of people, both giant groups of people and individual people led to a a failure we we are not living up to who we should be right that should never be the end result of any of our endeavors um and it's hard man and and uh, that's not the first kid in the movie that dies that's the first one we see in real life in real life but still through a camera that's the other hard thing is an american we're always looking through the camera and we have we have mass shootings here and stuff like that, um, you know. So that I mean, it's not like we have nothing going on to be terrified of, but this is a war zone, right? Every single minute of every day is a mass shooting or a bombing, or it, it's just the absolute nightmare. And again, I as I get older, I don't understand so much of how we just treat every other person like they're so useless right yeah like how are we okay with just throwing someone in a cement room for 50 years like that's not shit right like that's that's shocking to me and why do we still have these fucking wars like i still don't even know what the fuck they're fighting about it felt like religious whatever it is why why like this can't be and again that the the breadwinner is a little more um almost like a child who could grow up and maybe forge a better world about sure. this. I mean, that's what, which, it, which again is a, just a fucking delightful well to drink from after this movie. They're a really interesting pairing in that way. Yes. Cause this feels like the guy who made the bad choice and now 
always sees it through that lens versus, you know, the breadwinner is about the child who has the bravery of a storybook character and could maybe make a difference. And yeah. and they're a really interesting pair in that regard. Um, and yeah, I just, I love this. We, we never quite, you never feel, ah, uh, it's not a documentary like, aha, the rock hard truth, like an expose. No. We got the document that proves everything. Right. The only proof we need is that horrible, horrible atrocities happened. And, you know, as soon as these things happen, people and governments and institutions and churches go into, yeah. uh, how are we going to spin it and change everyone's memory writ large to ignore what's happening? And I, I, you know, I think it's important at the end of the movie that they fucking slam that into our gut. Yeah, I mean, to me, what makes, to me, what makes the, like, truly great documentaries, like, truly wonderful things that are made about the real world <laughs> and wonderful is the word I'm using. Yes. Um, are, the, the subjective ending is never supposed to, even the objective ones to me is never supposed to be about a resolution. Like, aha, I've cracked the case or like, aha, I've discovered the truth of this world. I think the important thing is that there are, there is no empirical truth. Like other than, other than what's right and wrong in a lot of cases, because I'm not saying that the world isn't filled with gray, but when it comes to these kinds of things, the empirical truth is what you need to survive. And that I think is what's great about movies, documentaries, particularly that cover these kinds of things is that again, I'm not a scholar. My geopolitics are not good. My political science is terrible. Like, but, I know when I see something that probably shouldn't when happen. When you see that child, you know that everyone involved was They're wrong. They're wrong. Like, period. And I think oh, that's... Whoever helped make that happen was fucking wrong. Right. And to, like... But right? I, <laughs> what I'm getting at is, like, great documentaries yeah. don't... Yeah. Great documentaries don't search for the truth. They search for a truth. And I think that's what yeah. makes Waltz with Bashir so... That's a great way to say it. ...so compelling, yeah. is yeah. that the truth is... He's not absolved. Ari doesn't. Ari Fullman does not absolve himself because he knows he was involved. Yeah, and I think that's the thing too, right? Is instead of unpacking every reason that led to this, it's just showing you how we're all adding to the authorial um, quilt of the moment, right? Yeah. Ari didn't make the choice to, you know, go in there and do this massacre. But he made a lot of little choices, letting a lot of little things maybe go that he shouldn't have. Next thing you know, if a thousand people do that, if a million people do that around the world and we can fucking make those choices and dehumanize and shut things off, well, now you have massacres and wars and fucked right. up shit like that. And I think, again, I, I always appreciate movies and documentaries, right? These big fuck, like war is an impossibly huge and insane idea to wrap your head around right and stupid people who've never been to war will be like well you know there's a reason blah 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 um whatever you know i think what you do though you take something that big and you just laser focus it mm -hmm. on one image and you've done a great job if you, if you can handle that and i feel like the fucking the the dream walk to that waking nightmare um was just achieved in a stunning manner in this film agreed 
So thanks a lot, Mason, for fucking bombing us out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really, um, it's always, I haven't yeah. watched this movie in a really long time. And I've never seen it. This was a stunning piece of work. It's always really like, it's what I like the most about stuff like this is that it's movies that I remember watching in college, either for assignment or just for pleasure. Coming back to them now over 10 years later, I, my yeah. lens has changed so much in rewatching these it's yeah. it's it's always great when this kind of stuff happens yeah like it's a depressing movie but at the same time like yeah. it does change things considerably when you think about it. I, I really do appreciate it yeah the the growing and aging and now you're in a different place and family like it, it's always interesting to revisit these stories of kind of abstract evils right agreed agreed um but yeah thank you mason for your patronage how dare you make me cry that much in front of my family and children? Um, so this, guys, is the first half of Mason's double feature because he was awesome enough to show some love for the show over at patreon.com slash Pod. Please, if you can, do the same. Begin to take control of our dreamscape here at the pod, right? Force your, your movies upon us, and we will gladly do that. We'll waltz with whatever movie you want. Uh, again, that's patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. The YouTube is filmalchemist. The email is filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. And make sure to leave rating and reviews wherever and everywhere you find the show. Thank you so much again, Mason. Uh, right now, available to you if you're hearing this, you have access to part two of today's double feature, The Breadwinner. So, uh, so we'll see you soon. It's so good, and it's a lot lighter, um, while still just massively heavy. Yeah, a lot lighter is a bit wrong, <laughs> uh, but definitely not as brutal as that. You'll hear about it You'll hear soon it. enough. Uh, we will see you soon. For the film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandino.